Hello, you are now listening to the Stoke Hub podcast. Hey, up and welcome back to the Stoke Hub podcast, and we're joined with Elliot Yates again. How are you, mate? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Yourself? Uh, yeah, 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 not too bad. We've, I think it's in the same week we've done the other one. Whether we did the other one on Tuesday, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. something. I'm wrestling right around there, but this is a live one. Believe it or not, the first time we've done it live, and we're live on Twitch. But this will also be getting uploaded to Spotify, Acast. All the other ones. And yeah, so I think we're going on to the subject of referees, EFL referees. Um, yeah, we'll be taking the questions from Instagram if we do end up having any, if people are in the stream. But otherwise than that, we'll just we'll just be speaking yeah, about the general subject of referees. So uh, we'll go on to, to Jack and Elliot. Uh, what do you think of the current situation of the EFL referees? Come on, Jack. Watch me. Oh, um, well, I think that they're just not good enough. That's bottom line. They are not good enough to be championship referees. Um, the amount of times we've had penalties turned down the season that were obvious penalties, straight to my mind, is Middlesbrough away. That was the most obvious penalty I've ever seen that's not been given. And then also penalties that haven't been given against us which I don't like saying, but um, I think about, I think Danny Bart had one at West against West Brom away, or it's one one of those fixtures around there, where he just Birmingham pulled the attack floor. Might have been Birmingham. Yeah, and I was at that match, he him in the face. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, they're definitely not called enough, literally. No. Literally, the amount of chances we've, we've, as you say, been turned away. I think we were just discussing this before the Luton, Luton away, uh, the final penalty that was given. And it was it James Collins who scored. I don't know, I think it was James Collins. But yeah, we, we were discussing before we done if that's a penalty. Um, it, I think it was a dive. But what do you reckon, Elliot? What, what's your current stance on the referees? Um, well, the Collins instance, uh, well, not Collins, our player, but um, player who scored. Uh, Chester's definitely got a contact to him, but I think he's gone over like really theatrically. And I think players are noticing that. If we go over theatrically, then we can get away with this one. Um, the ones that stick out in my mind from this season have been um, Bristol at home. That was a weird refereeing performance where Joe Allen got sent off in 13 minutes. And should never have been sent off in 13 mm. minutes. It should have been a yellow card warning. You do that again, then you'll definitely be off. Um, yeah, just they've not been good enough. And the fact is that the refs that are being demoted down, they're not good enough from the Premier League either. So the fact that we're getting all the bad ones and then the, all the worse and all the ones that are just as bad as them to go with it makes it appalling. Yeah, and I think 
as you as you say, I think the one we had for Bristol earlier on in the season, we lost two one, I believe. Yeah, and that's right. yeah, I think it was Jeff Eltringham who was the referee. He was terrible, terrible, and ugh, just the refereeing situation isn't isn't good enough to. I think I think in all the top four leagues in England, they just I I don't think we saw a good referee this season. I can't. It doesn't spring no. to my mind. Any any of you no good refereeing performance this season because I can't I really can't think of one. Yeah, I can't think of one either. I think no. I think no oh. referee has had control of the game like in any games that we've played, and there's not been a referee where I'm thinking he's managing this well. Like in the Premiership, you probably get a few of them, but. There's just been no one I've seen since we've gone down. Yeah, definitely. And to the viewers who are watching right now, feel free to just put stuff in the chat, ask ask us questions, because we are doing this interactive one. And we've got questions on the Instagram. I think we've only got about one or two, but we'll go on to them. Keep I'm them pretty sure there's only one. Yeah, they, they will. Keep hopefully look if one coming. Um, so we'll go to them. So the first one's from I can't apologies. Uh, Math O O seventeen. Uh, would you want VAR in the championship? Bit of a controversial one, but what do you reckon? Uh, no, I think it would just kill the flow of the game in the championship. And the championship is such a fast league as well. So it's not like in the Premiership. You're actually building up to score. So there's a lot more technical play. You look at Liverpool, they'll just pass it around the midfield. So you think about the Premiership, all the top, all the teams that are below that sort of top six, maybe top eight, are just fighting to stay in the division. So they'll just sit back and park it, whereas they'll try and play through you. The Championship is a lot different. Like I said before in the last podcast, like anyone can beat anyone. So mm. it's just you're either defending, then you're going on a massive counter attack. And then you're defending, and then go on a massive counter attack. You know it's um, such a fast league, and I just think that would that would completely kill it off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Jack, what do you reckon I, about VAR? Uh, I think no as well, because it it would kill the pace of the game, and and I just prefer better officials to mm. you know video assist video assisted officials. Because the, they're not even liking it in the Premier League where it's more suited. So, mm. in the Championship where it's definitely not the right thing to do, it would just completely ruin every single game and there would be no excitement in it at all. Yeah, mm. yeah, I, I totally agree because the Championship, it's one of those well-renowned leagues that people go to and they're like, oh yeah, mm. anything can happen, as Elliot said. Literally anything can happen one week and Leeds can be getting beat by Luton the other week, you know, Wigan can beat anyone, you know what I mean? It's it's mad. But yeah, as I say, my point of view, just no VAR, because as we saw, the VAR, if it, you know, the official in, in the Premier League hasn't been good enough. I think, oh, who was it? The Everton, was it Everton who got a goal? This, I can't quite remember now, but one of the teams in the Premier League, it was clear cut. Uh, goal would have got disallowed and we're seeing it too much in, in the top supposed to be yeah. one of the best leagues in the world but that's what, that's what I've got to say on that yeah, I think go on, yeah, go on. Well, I said, I'll, what I've said I think the thing about the championship is because we talk about these players who are like German, this word and excuse my language people are watching but like shithouse players 
Mm. I think they will always target the player who's got that bad attitude. He's got the uh, fieriest temper. So Stoke, for Joe Allen's one of the most foul players this season, which tells you all of that. He's a fiery character. He'll get stuck in. I mean, you look at that thing with him and Troy Deeney, where Troy Deeney's quite literally strangling him. Like people, are, they're going to look at that. And I think it was Johnson from Derby when we first went up. Oh no, went down. Sorry. And uh, you can see everyone's targeting Joe Allen. He's one of the most foul players this season. So that's probably why maybe refs don't have a grip on the game because all you're really doing is just targeting that one loose cannon in the side that's going to get sent off. And ours has always been Joe Allen. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Just and I feel we're we're very hard done by. I'm not trying to be biased, yeah. obviously, but I really think we're very hard done by in the championship. Uh, yeah, that's that's just how I um, how I view it. And looking at the chat, we've actually just been asked a question with a, uh, from SCFC fan says favorite Stoke player. So it just I'm guessing all time or now. But we'll go. We'll start with Elliot. What's yours, Elliot? Um, Ryan Shawcross for me even though he hasn't played this year I just love the man to bits I think yeah. what he's done for the club is fantastic mm-hmm. he definitely should get a testimonial if he doesn't that's an absolute travesty from everyone involved um, like Bill, the Wizards of Drivel say build that statue and can't you wouldn't complain if Ryan Shawcross got a statue at Stoke he's just no. been brilliant I mean look at you he got Lee Curtis got offered by Man City Ferguson offered him a four-year contract and his loan at Stoke turned them all down. That shows his loyalty to us and he should be recognised for that, even though yeah. he hasn't played this year. Just the games he has played, like I just think to games, like how is he... I watched him once against West Ham at home. It was last day of the season. And I thought to myself, how is Shawcross not in the England squad and Jaggy yeah. Elker is? <laughs> you know, I just could not get my head around it. Like If Redknapp got the job and... Um, you know, Hodgson didn't, then he probably would have had 30 caps under his belt by now, but he's just been so unlucky throughout his whole career. Look at the Ramsey injury that damaged him. He's been unlucky. Yeah, he's and he's inspired, correct me if I'm wrong, but he did play in that Sheffield Wednesday win, didn't he? he oh, yeah. that's the only game he, he's played. He's, but Yeah, he, he inspired that win, let's be real. He's the reason. He would, yeah. yeah. If you look he was at, pushing um, the team forward yeah. to the end as well, which, yeah, if you, which I don't think any other... Player of the team at that moment, Joe Allen would now, but at the moment, I don't think he would have kept the team going for that no. long after going behind. Yeah, if you look at the uh, Campbell's goal when he scores, he goes over to McLean, like, come on. If you look back at the replay, Shawcross is actually the one going, come on, get back, we can get another. And, like, and yeah. then we thought, actually, yeah, we can get another. And we, had, and we did. Yeah. So Shawcross he- made that goal. Yeah, he definitely yeah. definitely inspires he inspires the team a hundred percent. Jack, we'll go on to you. Who's your favourite Stoke player? I'm guessing it's of all time. So go ahead. Um, of all time, oh, that's a hard one because there's been so many that I like. Um, I'll, I'll probably say Robert Hooth. Mm. Just because of, just because he was well, his chant was great chance yeah and um he was such a professional but also such a joker and he managed to get that right and he always gave gave his all i can't really think of a game where i've thought robert hooth was really bad that game and Mm. um also his goal at wembley yeah that's shinner 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, um, as the games with Robert Hoof, like I remember me and my dad used to go to those. I was quite young when Robert Hoof was playing for us. And there's games where either Hoof had gone down. There's two things. Hoof's gone down. You could just sense everyone going, oh, no, like, you know, we're going to have to bring Danny Collins on or, you know, like, but <laughs> it's just no one can replace him. And then the second thing is, if you watch Robert Hoof, like, I wish I could watch him again now, but you could always look, my dad would always say to me, watch Robert Hoof the first two minutes, because this is what he does. He'll elbow someone or kick someone first two minutes and realise he can get away with that. And that's a sort of indication of, um, hello, my name's Rob and I'm going to be your defender today, you know, to show them <laughs> yeah. you're, you're not going to get past him. Yeah. yeah. He is one of those players that are just unreplaceable and he, he just he is a class guy as well. I mean, he showed that on Twitter, which, you know, he he did get a lot of stick for, but we'll we'll get on to players getting stick in a little while. But, um, yeah, I, he also, yeah, definitely. He also would not be, he also yeah. would not be favoured by VAR. No, definitely, no. definitely not. I think I think he got a, would have got a lot of sending offs in his time if VAR was around. Yeah, <laughs> De- yeah. definitely. Yeah, um, but for, for my personal favourite Stoke player of ever, so since I've been watching Stoke, probably it's a bit of an odd one because I'd probably it sounds a bit cliche because it's a bit you know he only played probably either Bojan or. Mm. Arthur Bojan or, or Shawcross, as Elliot said before, because Bojan was just one of those players. Even Elliot will know, obviously, but he's got. Yeah. He's just yeah, because but he um, he's just one of those players. He's just an all round. He's a nice guy on the pitch before the Rochdale game. Some could argue he he just he was brilliant. He, but the pressure of him being the next Messi, as when he was at Barcelona, I think mm. it was a bit it was a bit much for him. Yeah, but, I... Yeah. yeah, I said I think I completely agree with you about Bojan because as you said, like who's your favourite Stoke player now? So I'm obviously going to say Shawcross. I think yeah. my favourite Stoke player like all time, like in terms of who's played for me, who's had the most impact on me, has to be Bojan. It has to be. Like I think the first player of world class quality that I've probably seen play at Stoke, if that's good. maybe in Zonzi actually, but you could see like that world class flair talent that nobody thought we'd ever see at Stoke and he was the one who brought that to us. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, 100%. One I did get for mention as well, Peter Crouch. Peter Crouch has always been me growing up. Oh, yeah. He's just one of those players. Yeah. Yeah, I I met him on a few occasions as well. He's just all around. He's brilliant. He's just brilliant. And I'm still gutted. We The swap deal for Sam Vokes, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's what what we included in, which was a bit... Yeah, bit thingy, I would prefer to have Crouch over than Vokes, though. I think. I think I think most Stoke fans would agree with you. To be yeah. fair, yeah, yeah, because Sam Vokes hasn't really done apart from, well, it, apart from last minute against Chef Wednesday. Yeah, I'll I'll always love him for that. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, FIFA Beast eighteen sixty three says Fuller. Um, me growing up personally, I didn't get to see, I didn't get to see Fuller, but. Yeah, Elliot, oh, Elliot, Elliot yeah. Jack, have you saw any, any? Yeah, Ricardo Fuller was incredible. You remember the, uh, I was at the match when um, he scored that goal against Birmingham City. You remember the one he just fake-shotted one and then he was, looked as if he was going to go and cross it and then faked it again and then put it into the bottom corner. That was like, 
oh. of sort of wow golf Oof. that you could yeah zombie yeah. and even like even watching clips back you get a sort of um like today is the 10 years of the day since he scored like that solo goal against West Ham you look at that you look at the Villa goal um like considering it's such a big occasion that marked it superbly like the man for the big occasion is Ricardo Fuller uh, yeah. The Wolves goal, like he went from his own half. Yeah, that was top class. The season yeah. before we got promoted, wasn't it? I think. No, it was... may have been the season we got promoted, or maybe the, or it could have been before. Yeah, because I, I was memory. watching, I was watching all the season uh, reviews because put them out on Stoke Plus or whatever it was. But yeah, it's mm. just it's great seeing seeing like old players that you've never actually had a chance to watch. Like another one, Andy Wilco. I would have loved to go to his testimonial. I don't know if any of you yeah. did. Well, no, uh, I did. Yeah, I would have loved to go to that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was absolute limbs. Brilliant. I got on the pitch. Yeah, um, I got a pick <laughs> with him. Oh, uh, did you? Yeah. Mental. Absolutely have seen, mental. Have you seen a video of him in the uh, Man City away end? Um, I think it was maybe just after he announced his retirement, or the season after. And um, he was starting chants with the Stoke fans, and he goes, oh, and he yeah. goes, when I was just, it just shows that pure nature of him being a Stoke fan, which I think most people um, reconciliate with. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely an icon, which I wish I could have personally watched, but unfortunately I never got the chance to. And yeah, um, SCFC fans said we should have had Ashley Barnes instead of Oaks. I can completely agree with that. I think... I don't think <laughs> that's... The difference is I don't think Ashley Barnes would have come. No, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think he'd be very... I mean, it, don't get me wrong, he could have been brilliant in, in the Championship. But, but, uh, but yeah, we'll go, we'll go back onto the subject, the referees. Um, what is the, in your time being a Stoke fan, what's the worst referee you've, you've saw live? What would you, uh, what would you say? Well, Just off the top of your mind. Well, I wasn't actually there for the match, but the worst, like when, you, when we were asked to do the referees, the one that first came to my mind was um, uh, Atkinson at St. James's Park in 2015. Uh, 20- 2013 uh, 14 season. I sent off both Wilson and Whelan for um, pretty much nothing. Um, a blatant handball, which was never given. And you could just see that refereeing performance just completely crumbled us. We ended up losing 5 1. Yeah. 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 We saw some awful referees over the time. Uh, Jack, what would, be the, what would be the worst one that comes off the top of your head? Off, m- most recently, I think about. Bristol City at home this season. Yeah. Um, just be just because of how many dish- decisions didn't go our way at all. Um, and then obviously, Twackinson at St James's Park. Um, that was just ridiculous amounts of, you know, unluckiness. I'd say he really wasn't on his game. Um. Mm-hmm. Can't really think of any others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's been there's been many bad ones, but under Tony Pulis, we've we definitely we've definitely saw a load of them. I was watching, I think I was watching something on YouTube, and it was just waste. I saw one. I saw. I was watching. Um, oh, I can't remember what it was now, but it was uh, Wayne Thomas getting booked in against Coventry. I think it was, and he literally did nothing. It, yeah, it was consist. The consistency of it was awful. And mm. he just it, the ref. I can't remember his name now, but he booked every single. It just the littlest thing, and that's the thing about referees. I 
it's I don't think personally obviously the Bristol one was terrible Luton one maybe as well but I think overall the championship referees are just terrible they are terrible I think I could do a better job doing refereeing to be fair and I, <laughs> I think any of us could do a better refereeing job because mm. terrible yeah, Terrible. you could argue. You could argue even the one we, the game we had last for the whole city at home. Do you remember the one when Martin Zindi went off the pitch and um, to get like change his shirt? And oh then, yeah. Um, and then it was just really weird. Like oh, they yeah. took the throw in. He came back on, and then they stopped the play. Then he went back off, and then he came back on again. And then, um, then they took, then he, then they sort of passed the ball. And he went, okay, now you can come back on. I was like, well, what was the point of him going off in the first place there? Yeah. <laughs> Just oh, really weird. Went, but before he went back on, he had to move backwards to where yeah. he was before, even though it was about a yard. <laughs> yeah. It was really confused. I didn't even know what was going on. I was like... Do you, you want to like? Do you want to like let Morton Zinzi's back onto the pitch? But it, it's just things like that. Like, like, is there any point? Who, who was the referee for that game, by the way? For the whole game? No idea. No like, idea. I'll, but... I'll search it up now. Probably Eltringham. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, it. There was, there was one that I saw live um, in the Hughes years. Um, do you remember West Brom at home? It was Shakiri's home debut. Uh, got oh, completely yeah. overshadowed by this refereeing performance. Sent off Athelai and Adam in the same game. And then they had a touchline bust up between Pulis and Hughes when both <laughs> of them pretty much got both of them got yellow cards. Do you, do you remember that one? I think there's just. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. it Graham Scott who was the referee that day? I think it might. It rings a bell. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might. Have, have a look at it. Yeah. It's it no John surprise. Mark. No, it was no surprise. Charlie Adams been sent off, but like having yeah. two players sent off. No. Athlete, I can remember, did nothing at all as well. No, I think he had a little kick out at someone, but it was nothing malice, and the player went over like he shot him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm still trying to find that bloody referee. Uh, uh, it was oh, Dar- one nil West Darren Brom. Bond. Dar- Darren oh, Bond was yeah. the one at Hull. He was the one at Hull. He, he, he dealt with the Martins in the incident. But yeah, I don't know the one at West Brom, I think it was. But yeah, just I think it sometimes the refereeing decisions overshadow the actual result of the game, as you say. Because... Yeah. Think of many games where we've been in a winning position, but the you know the main talking point of the game is the referee, and the mm. FL's the EFL really needs to do something about that when the season is resumed, because while this is being recorded, we're still in um, we're still in self-isolation. Yeah, it's very very boring. So, but we have to result to watching two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine highlights, which I'm alright with. So. So yeah, uh, if anyone's got any more questions, feel free to yeah, just feel free to. Uh, mm. Oh, I've got an idea actually. Favorite favorite Stoke kit that you saw, home and away. What do you reckon that you've like been to a game and you've saw like during the years you've supported Stoke? What would, what would you say your favorite home and away kit is? For Stoke or like not opposite? Oh, for Stoke. Yeah, yeah. For, for us. Oh, okay, yeah, good. for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, favorite home kit. Home kit's hard to choose because it's just generally the standard yeah. like thing. The probably the uh, worst sort of home kit we had was when we had um, the um, the name on the back, but it was just white. Like there was no oh, sort yeah. of like stripes on the back. I didn't really like that idea. Uh, really? So home. No, I didn't really like it. No, I think it, oh, I, I looked. Okay. 
it looked okay with like red on the back. But if you were getting like, I remember seeing the mascots come out when it was against West Ham actually, again, and um, they uh, had the um, kits out. The little mascots got this brand new kit that had been given to them. It just looked oh, yeah, white. It, to the, it was just back. it was white oh, at the back, and there was nothing on it. I was just like, yeah, that's that's an awful kit unless you've got nothing yeah, on looked, the back. It looked weird. Um, I remember getting. I remember getting one of those kits at Andy Wilco's testimonial, and I and I didn't want it to be plain, so I just got twenty eight on the back, not even Wilkinson, just twenty eight on the back. Oh right, because yeah. I didn't want it to be plain. Because mm. mm. it looked weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the away kit for me would definitely be the fifteen. I think it was the fifteen sixteen one, the green and black one. That's oh, my yeah. favourite as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was just brilliant, and the players we had while we were in it. The Holy Trinity, yeah. That was just so good. That kid reminds me of Everton away. Every time it reminds me of Everton away. Yeah, I was was watching the highlights of it the other day, and speaking about Everton away, it's Mooney and Hosselu's birthday today. So, happy birthday to them. Speaking of refs, he gave the ref a hug. Yeah. He did. He did when he gave the penalty. Yeah. That yeah, wouldn't I'll, have been given to VAR. No, I I think I think Hostelu hugging him actually, you know, he, he's he's better than VAR Hostelu. That's <laughs> that's how that's how to uh, change the referee's mind. There you I go. agree. There you go. So um, home kits, as you say, they're all a bit bland. But the oh, which one was it? The thirteen, fourteen one was it? I can't I can't quite remember. Let me have a look. Fourteen. I think the 1516 home kit was all right when you got it in, in person because they had like the sort of like little stripes on, like sort of little sort of blackish miniature stripes yeah. on it. You see, if, you, if, if you've got that, you'll know what I mean, which yeah, does give a nice pristine look to it. I think the most, if we're talking about home kits, then my favourite will only be because it's iconic and that's the FA Cup one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one it was, was that one was yeah, I really I really like that one. And the I wouldn't I wouldn't have saw this live, but the two thousand five to two thousand and six one the the Puma one, I think it was. Yeah, that mm. that one was that one was quite nice. Yeah. But the play the players we saw in some of them, as as you were talking about the the uh, the away one for fifteen sixteen was also good and the thirteen fourteen away one with yeah, uh, same colours. Cam and Jerome Hooth and Walters, I think, were the, the 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 announcement one for them. But to be fair, that whole season was brilliant. The thirteen fourteen. I, I was yeah. watching the highlights for it the other day. I quite enjoyed it. But yeah, um, boys, if you want to if you want to speak about anything, feel free to do it now because I've ran I've ran out of um, <laughs> ran out of yeah. talking points. So, uh, I've just thought know. of something. I just thought of something. The worst away kit that like, you've ever seen, because I've definitely got one in mind for it. I just want to know your worst away kit. Um, worst away kit. Um, I can't. People are saying they hate this season. You know, I I, no, I, I don't like this season. Don't agree with that. I love this season's worst away kit. Yeah, because I've got one in mind that I want to share. The um, one we went down in, we should have gone down just for having that away kit, the blue one. Which was the terrible. The, it was, was awful. Oh, the, the Macron. The I, one oh, that lo- I had that lo- as well. It's the one that looks like a printer's run out on the um, on the sashi. 
Oh, it looks like tie dye. Like the red, the red and the, the yeah, and the blue on the on the yeah. I had in dye on the back of that, believe it or not. Yeah, <laughs> I hated that shit. No, yeah, it was. It was looking back at it now, it wasn't the best. And what what was the yellow one? The year we had like the yellow and oh, which one was it? Oh yeah, yeah. That one wasn't the best. No, that, I, no, I'm I, convinced we only got that just to troll Arsenal's away kit. Yeah, that was it. The the eight eight to nine season. We, yeah. The season we the season we came up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I yeah, do you remember the was it do you remember the one at West Ham where we ended our sponsorship with Adidas and um, we decided we we're going to go with Warrior. So um, West Ham, um, Adidas decided they're going to make West Ham's away kit identical to Stoke's kit just to piss us off. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just so petty. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, uh, so, just being told it right. So, do you think the referee? Going back to referees, do you think the strict enough punishments and like warnings? If if like players have had a bad games, do you reckon the refs are strict enough? Because obviously we know they're not good enough, but are they strict enough? Would you say? Mm, they don't have enough control of the game. So, judging from that, probably not. No, they need to actually toughen up a little bit with their decision-making and be absolutely sure that they're making the right decisions rather than just going back to another decision. Mm. Uh, so, I, and my response to that would be no, definitely not. So, I don't know what your views are, Jack, on that. Well, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to say, really, because some, some refs are way too lenient and then some refs are way too strict. There's just no consistency. No. Yeah. So like if they can find that balance between, you know, the right amount of leniency, then I'm pretty sure we've got quite a good ref there. But they just seem like they can't. Yeah. Like there it seems like there's something missing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Premier League fans, League One and League Two fans will agree with us there. There's never a perfect referee. Never. Yeah. I don't... If you if you if anyone watching can find me the perfect referee, then you know fair play to you. But coming off the top of my head, I cannot think of one. But um, yeah, but yeah, the just the referee, you know, the referees aren't good enough, as we said in the championship and across the four leagues. But um, yeah, if unless anyone can anyone wants to put anything in the chat or we want to continue. Uh, Speaking about anything else, I think that's it. I I was going to say, I think uh, the reason he's saying I can't find the perfect ref is because referees are really easy target to like pick on because you can't, you don't really want to pick on your own player for having like a really bad match. So you just pick on, I think you'll just pick on the ref rather than abuse a player. I think the players do it as well a lot. I think Mike Dean talked about it on Crouchy's podcast and said the referee is the easiest target you can pick on because. He's the neutral in that respect. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he is because, as as you say, you don't want to abuse your own play. But that has happened um, recently, which which uh, which brings me on to the subject of James McLean. Actually, um, <laughs> so um, I I don't really don't know what to say on this because I'm kind of split. But if any of you wants to speak about it, so James McLean has like an hour or something before we record this has been fined I don't know how much and been asked to delete two weeks wages two weeks wages yeah and been asked to delete his Instagram account which he's now done but um, 
he's he's not helping himself, is he? What 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 are your thoughts yeah. on what are your thoughts on it? It's completely out of order what he's what he's done. I mean, for people who aren't like uneducated, well, the IRA stuff is obviously well documented with him, but there's just there's just no need to do it. It just really puts the, that, that whole account, the um, Justice for McLean account, brilliant. And what they do is brilliant. And they're really making a sort of step up for um, kicking Irish racism out of the game. And McLean's a massive factor for that. But if he puts a post on about that, talking about the IRA and, and it's offensive to other people, we're just back to square one again. And people are just going to start giving him more abuse. So mm, Yeah, I've just saw, talking about Justice for McLean, I've just went on the story. And they put a picture of the Sky article and say, and now they report about him. So I don't think they agree with what's going on either. I mean, the, the whole account, if you don't know, Justice for McLean is basically, you know, as Elliot said, standing up to Irish racism. But it was a bit stupid of him, let's be real, because as we were speaking about before the podcast, uh, McLean has done, he's, well, he's a very controversial figure, not very, very many football fans like him. But Stoke, in St- what he's done at Stoke in particular, after the Preston game, it was light-hearted, light-hearted after he called Ben Pearson a bitch. So, so <laughs> it's yeah, it's just, it's just you know, we can't really say anything on it because it is what it is. The the IRA things, it's been a massive controversy every time he's played. And oh, what game was it? I think well, the field was, away was one of them. That's yeah, and field away, yeah, and, um, Middlesbrough as well. Barnsley away. I think Middlesbrough as well. I, yeah, and Barnsley. All that he got, he's got uh, secretary and abuses there. But it's good that they try and kick it out of the game, obviously. But he's really not helping himself, and I, I can't see him. Well, I'd look. You know, what I mean, do you reckon he'll start? We don't know when the season's going to start again. But will it affect the start on eleven when it does start again? Or mm. what do you reckon? Well, I I don't think it will because no matter no matter what you know his his views are very public. Everybody knows about them. Not everybody agrees with them. Um, but no matter what, he always gives a hundred percent in a Stoke shirt. And I do not. And I do not think what he did was right. It was not a good idea to post that. But people seem very quick to say that we should terminate his contract when yeah. he's he's done a lot of good for us this season. And I cannot think about the mess we'd be in without his, not even just his goals and assists, but his leadership and his drive to try and do well. Yeah, he has been one of the best players this season for us. And yeah. we've got a We've got to go to the point where we go, there's his personal views, there's his football and ability, because, no, you know what I mean? We can't be intertwining them both. Obviously, they're both important, but uh, it's it's quite a hard one to discuss because we you just you don't know what's going on because think... the club... Yeah, go on. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, I think no matter what happens now, I think this is massive for... Probably Stoke and O'Neill. No matter how good he has been, like you can't expect to get away with it without actually having a warning. Like the other players, if they, if let's say a young academy lad, that do you think he'd be like off the books? Like you know, there's um there's something where you have to sort of treat everyone equally, and that's how like a good team works. Like the best player can't be treated like 
above anyone else because he's the best player. He has to be treated as equal because he's part of Stoke and he's part of that team. So it's going to be a massive call what like, O'Neill does. I know it's two weeks' wages right now, but I don't know what we do from here. No, no, um, I don't. I don't think anyone does. To be fair, I just take it as it goes. But we really hope McLean is part of the starting eleven whenever the season does restart. Um, there is another question, thank God, <laughs> by SCFC fan again. He says, "Who should we sign and sell in the summer?" Um, so, uh, Jack, do you want to go first? Well, sign. I've I said this on the last podcast. Rico Henry. I really, really like him. Um, but sell, I think there's quite a few that we could. So, like, for example, I think Vokes could be one, just because we've got so many strikers. Um, I think that we could permanently sell Woods, you know. I'm surprised he didn't go on a, on a permanent anyway, to be fair. I thought it would have been permanent from the start, because mm. Gary think... seems to really like him. Yeah, I think it's just that Millwall don't have the funds. Um, and then I'd probably say sell Tom Ince. Because yeah, really? He hasn't been well, consistent, has he? He hasn't been consistent. And two goals this season, you know. And one of them came in a 3-1 loss. Yeah, both so, against Charlton, ironically. Yeah, both against Charlton. But it's just, he's not good enough. He's and getting I better, think, though, I think. He's he's getting better, yeah, but I don't think he's there yet. And he's certainly not showing the player he was at Derby. He's not showing the player he was at Blackpool when he finished championship top scorer. In so and it's definitely not the manager because O'Neill's getting the best out of everyone else. So it's just Tom Ince isn't trying hard. Now, you got to remember, though, like, because in the first sort of half a season, I, I'm actually going to defend Thomas on this one because he has been good. And I think when he got taken out of the team at Huddersfield, it was like, right, I need to sort of, like, up my ante here. Like, this is not good enough for me or anyone. So he actually started trying hard enough. I remember games where he just bottle out of tackles and thought, what's he doing? But he's starting to do that. Like, you saw in the last game at Holly, he was brilliant. And I think you got to remember the first half of the season, he was under Nathan Jones. He's not a winger. He's not an attack. Well, no, sorry. He's not an attacking midfielder. He's a winger, and he was playing out of position. So maybe that's sort of the reason why he's not getting as many goals or as many assists as he probably should have done. You've got if he was playing under O'Neill, how like for the whole season, how many goals would he have got? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the issue with most players if they were playing. Because I take Joe Allen for example, who's he was injured at the time of recording, but um, yeah, Joe Allen under Jones, as I've probably said. He, he wasn't good enough, but O'Neill has 10 players formed around. And you think about Tom Ince, would he have been better from the start of it? Talking about O'Neill, if we would have had him from the start of the season, we, we probably would have been better off. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking about players to sell and buy, I think we you would never... It's, I don't know if it's realistic, but side Ben Rama from Brentford, uh, Villa... It's not realistic, Villa, I don't think. No, no, but... We we need a good there uh, because you're talking about James McLean being uh, being out or whatever. But uh, yeah, play just creative players. I think that's what the squad the squad was lacking. It's not anymore, mm. but we just need to improve in those areas and sell mm. players like fringe players like Jordan Cousins and you know. And I think Jack Button probably be on his way out 
maybe. We've been maybe. saying he's on the way out for about three, three seasons, but we can, um, yeah, just take it how it goes. Uh, what do you reckon, Elliot? I think in terms of selling options, I think we've missed quite a few that they're not playing for us, like they're still on our books. So you look at Vimmer, Bauer, um, Badu, Etebo, like, I mean, there's no reason that O'Neill sold them just because they're literally, it's because they've got bad attitudes. And uh, well, Etebo maybe not, but I think he wants to leave Stoke and he's just gone on loan. So I'd get rid of all of them and including Woods. Um, I think Juve's passed it in the moment. So I don't think I would keep Juve on and he's not getting in the side. We've got, we have got a decent side under like O'Neill. It's just, um, like it's just under O'Neill, which is the thing. I think we need a left back, definitely. Uh, mm. Maybe another striker in case Juve leaves, like a sort of backup striker. And instead of maybe actually bringing in the uh, players, you may want to bring in the academy lads, some more academy lads. You know, we've got Mo Sanko at the moment. We've got um, yeah. Adam Porter on our books. Maybe give them a few first team chances. See what happens. Yeah, I yeah. Um, I. Also sell Bruno Martins Indy, not because I think he's not good enough and not because I think he's a bad player, but he because wants he wants to leave, yeah. And that's the reason he didn't play he nearly left, didn't after he? the January. Yeah, he nearly went to Turkey and that's why he didn't play uh, the first game after the January transfer window because mm. he was upset with the club that he wasn't allowed to leave. Yeah. Um, so that... and. So I think we should sell him because it seems it seems like he doesn't want to be at the club, and I think the only reason O'Neill kept him is because we couldn't bring in a left back in. Well, it's because we couldn't bring in Chris Brunt in January. There was the other left back we were after as well. There was one from um, Aberdeen or something. Was it Aberdeen? There was definitely one in Scotland. I remember that. If any of you guys know, then feel free to comment down who it was. But I remember we were after that left back. So we may go and try and get him again. Um, Obviously, striker oh, uh, one. Oh, it came, the name came to me at then. Um, oh, you've uh, just lost it. Right. Yeah, I've lost it. Right, you go on. <laughs> I'll tell you if I find it. Yeah, I think striker. Obviously, another one from the Scottish Premiership will be Sam Cosgrove. I would like to see him at Stoke. See what he can do. Maybe give competition as well to Ty Campbell, who um, needs to keep his place. Um, but we, I think we've got a good option in Campbell as well. I want to see what happens when Belinden's fully back. So we've got we have got a good squad. I think we need to buy players depending on who we sell, and obviously that's Juve. We need to probably get a backup striker or some something along those lines. I mean, left back's a certainty, but obviously Martin Zindi leaving will certify that. So it's just bringing in more, bringing in academy players, selling players, and then replacing them. Yeah, um, I think the player you were on about he's not a left back, but it was. Uh, Lauren Shankland, who for Dundee, that might have been the player you were on about who we were linked with. I don't, no, oh, no, not, um, um, was it McKenna? Yeah, yes, that's it. That's yeah, it, I think. Scott McKenna, yeah, that's it. That would have done me, I don't know if, you did, if, you, if we would have found that out, but <laughs> yeah, we, we have been linked with him for quite a while, I think, like two seasons or something, something like that, but yeah, I would, I would 100% take him because the left-back situation has not been resolved, and yeah, I, I think... As Tony Scholes said, I think we've got the players who can play the position, but they're not like Bruno Martins Indy. They're not, you know what I mean? It's not their natural position. And we're forgetting that Bruno Martins Indy played in a World Cup final. Like, it's... Semi-final. Semi, sorry. Yeah, um, it's madness. It is madness. Some are playing them out of position. It's it's just... 
Well, I think that just, I think that just shows how good um, how good the actual management is that the Netherlands can bring, though, more than the more than the ability of Bruno Martins Indy, mm. because yeah. he definitely could not get in the team now, and I don't think no. he's lost any ability since then. I just think that he was he's just massively he's just been massively you know what's the word replaced I think he's been replaced because he's um well he's just not good enough in there yeah. I think he's really shy going forward for a left back I didn't know this until um I didn't think about this until the um QPR stream was on. I was watching a QPR fan stream for the QPR game and they were really biased towards QPR. Mm-hmm. So you're hearing it from another fan's perspective. He just went, oh, Bruno Martins Indy's really shy going forward. And I was like, I watched the whole game and he was really shy going forward. Like he wouldn't really go in past the opposition box or anything. I try and get crosses in. And then I saw it and I kept seeing it. I was like, yeah, he's right. He's really shy going forward. So he may need that sort of bombing left back, which maybe, which is probably what Jones was trying to do with McLean at left back. But I think I'd be more, I'd be more intrigued to see McLean as a left wing back rather than a left back. Yeah, yeah. Well, the only left back played... I've got is Steve is Stephen Ward, and yeah. uh, he's injured. I think I'm pretty sure he is injured, and he's I'm he's just it. not good enough. Yeah, he's really not good well, enough. Jones, Jones played um, Klukas as last year in the home in the Leeds home game. He played Klukas at left wing back, and he was really good there. And then Bruno yeah. Martins is sort of like sort of like Chris Wilder's overlapping centre back. I've got yeah, I've got a little Bart- story about Sam Fluke as a left back. So um I'll wait, do you want us to keep going or Yeah, sure. So I've got a little story about uh, Sam Fluke as a left oh, oh, sorry mate, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so um yeah, and he sort of played as an overlapping centre back and it was really good. And it beat top of the table Leeds, and then we didn't play it again for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Mm. Right now, on to me. Um, <laughs> so I've got a little story. <laughs> right, so I've got a little story about Sam Fluke at left back. My football coach was um, played a little bit of semi-professional football, and Sam Fluke was played at like Hereford for a bit. It's actually quite close to me, but they played him as a left back, and he was a left back in non-league. And I think he probably said to them like, "Yeah." I've played left back before. I know what the position is about. So when he got to put at left back, everyone was like, "Wait, what?" Kluke's at left back. I was like, "Nah, I think I know. I think I know why he's done that." But <laughs> it was he was actually quite good. They played him at West Brom at left back as well. And he did okay. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. at the end when we were trying to defend our lead, wasn't it? No, it was the season before when we couldn't oh, even yeah. get a lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I remember yeah. he also needs to left back this season to defend our lead against West Brom. Oh, I don't remember that. We probably played five at the you back. Are... We always bring we yeah. always bring Collins on and play five at the back just to see it out. Col- yeah, Collins has been brilliant this season. I like Collins. That's good. Collins oh, is what that centre back. He's 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 you know he's tall. He regains possession very quickly. He's I think he's definitely one for the future. If we can keep on playing him. He'll um he'll develop into a very good player and hence why Man United won him. But I think I think that's just Darren Fletcher being a tip. But uh, <laughs> what can you what can you do? Um, it's all right. Is that, that? 
is that all right? Or if, if... I think the stream cut out a little bit for me. I didn't hear what all you just said. Oh, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, do you want? So we're gonna wrap it up there, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you for having me on. Right. No worries. It's been a pleasure. Um, he's a, he might be a regular. We don't know. But Elliot, it's, it's been it's been brilliant having you on. Um, yeah. Um, thanks to everyone who's who's joined on uh, Ask Questions SCFC fan. Thank you very much. And thanks to the people who gave questions on Instagram. If you want to, if you want us to do this again, then just just pop us a message on Instagram, and and we might do it again. So, uh, Elliot, thank you very much. Uh, no, not this a problem, has been mate. The Stoke Club podcast, and in a bit, go on, Stoke.